Well, hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in to ICU Talks podcast, Hear Voices. This is Kim Honeycutt, and you already know who I am, so forget it. I'm not going to tell you anything about me. Uh, I am going to tell you about the two people that are spending time with me today, and one who is here right now as the co-anchor MC podcast host. Oh, yeah. What title would you like? All of them. Okay. So Princess? Princess Kristen Young. (laughs) Hey, guys. Kristen Young. Kristen Young. I think you're queen by now. How old are you? Can't you be queen? 27. 27. Okay, you're princess. (laughs) (laughs) A lady never tells her age. They can't see me, so I can just pretend that's real. There you go. Let's go with that. And so... (laughs) Danielle Justice is here with us, and so she is normally the co-host of what we're doing. Right now, we're actually going to interview her. So, where she's normally asking questions and and being so introspective and doing such a great job, we're actually going to ask her to share of her story. So, Danielle, you just want to say kind of nerve wracking. You got it. I'm on the other side. Usually, I'm firing off questions. I know you're literally on the other side from me. Yeah. So hi. Literally, I can see you through the. The craziness? Yeah. <laughs> right. Through the craziness All right. of the wires. So hi, Danielle Justice. Hi. Yeah. Hi. So let me say this real quick. The podcast before this one was of me interviewing Crystal, who is the founder of Bracestep. Bracestep is a fantastic nonprofit organization that gives free services for women who have been molested or sexually assaulted, helps connect them to therapists who aren't shy or just who have experience with trauma and aren't going to make it trauma on top of trauma. Because if therapists don't have experience with this, with sexual assault, they don't always know what to do with it. So she was on, she shared her story, and she shared about Brave Step. I wanted the bravest person I know who's got a horrific story and has, has really just conquered it, just really just done such a good job of having victory over the worst, one of the worst things I think can happen to a child. And so I, that's the setup and so, Danielle, will you please, in a very brave way, tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah. Um, about my story. About your story. Yeah. When I was nine, I was sexually molested by an uncle. So it was my mom's sister's husband. Um, we were a very close-knit family and went on for a couple of years. And I, after hearing my cousin's story... It's very um, evident that I was a, like a like almost like his test, like how far he could get because mm. he kept getting worse. And they mm. say that right that right. The they grooming. get brave, they yeah. need more. Right. Um. So as my cousins, my two younger cousins, it got worse as the years went on. As he moved on. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I quickly learned how I could avoid it by um because one of his, uh fantasies I guess is that it was in public so the very last time it ever happened we were on a family vacation and my entire family was around the table um singing in 12 days of Christmas I will never forget that song because it's still I can't stand when I hear that song at Christmas time and um um he I was on the couch and he was molesting me and Mm it was the same for my cousins he always like he would do it right and my aunt would be like sitting in the chair and he would cover with a blanket um so no one had any idea yeah and so um yeah i i like i said i just i learned how to to avoid it by um i was a gymnast so i was in gymnastics leo's a lot around him Mm. so i stopped doing that stopped doing 
swimsuits, no longer like sitting on Uncle Ray's lap for yeah. a potential amount of time. Mm. Um, I didn't even, my mom, after trial and all that, my mom even said, I, there was a time when I noticed that you didn't, wouldn't even hug him anymore. And I just thought that that, like, I remember thinking something about it, but not like asking about it, you know? Right. So, yeah. So how did it go from, so we, we know the story, this is horrific, this happened to you and to your cousins, and, you know, there's a dissociation that happens to get through it as a child, a lot of people go into addiction, uh, you very much went into sports, went into perfectionism, really, mm-hmm. yeah. academia became very important, and, you know, so you go through that, and you might want to speak into that, but then what happens later is then finding out it also happened to your cousins, and y'all took action. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did everything in high school, like everything. Mm. I had never picked up a basketball and somehow made varsity basketball. <laughs> and like, do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. did everything straight A's. Like I graduated with the most athletic letters. Like wow. just, I kept myself busy at right. all times. Um, and so I, that's where I put all of my energy. There was um, I'd gone to college. I went to University of Arizona to get far away from home. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where I couldn't drive home. Um, I had to fly. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Indiana, so I went to University of Arizona. And I um, was home, and my cousin, the youngest cousin, Jesse, at that time, just started driving. And so, you know, they, like, it's cool when you, our first just started driving. So we were driving around, and I don't know why I, I said, you know, sometimes, sometime I really want to talk to you about your dad. I said that. And she said, nothing you tell me is going to um, surprise me. Like, I'll never forget that. Wow. And that was, that's the only time we ever spoke of it wow. to Jesse. So, um, and then I had mentioned to Courtney one time that I wanted to talk to her at some point because they were getting older. Um, and I just wanted to like touch base, check yeah. in with them and um courtney said the same thing like you i whatever you tell me i i'll believe you and i I didn't even have to say anything wow and so and these were his daughters his daughters and so there it it was just like an unspoken little like i don't know it was just unspoken that we didn't even have to say what was physically happening Mm. to us um we just knew Mm -hmm. right um it, it was just us three girls in the family so we probably just knew it was happening to us, the three of us. Right. Y'all have been targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And so something amazing happened. And again, I, I love that you're speaking so clearly about perfectionism, the athletics, anything to stay busy, anything to not feel mm-hmm. the pain. Yeah. And so that really is very similar to someone like me who just stayed drunk. Yeah. Like it's either way you're, you're numbing out and, and it doesn't mean you don't, aren't authentically gifted. It's just the reason for doing it. It's right. avoidance. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. deep, it's straight deep avoidance. need. Yeah. Deep mm-hmm. need to avoid. And, and so you go through your life, consider, consider a successful life, and then something, something blew up <laughs> emotionally. Yeah. Something blew up. Will you tell them? Yeah. About that. Um, well, after I, I should, I can't leave out this huge chunk of the story because it has to do with the sure. results. So he clearly wasn't faithful to his wife. My mom's mm. sister right. um, gave her an STD, which led to ovarian cancer and later took her life. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, she beat ovarian cancer, but it spilled into her lungs and brain. And mm. um, so she passed away. And so I was 22 
when she passed away and he left like he after the like I the last time I saw him was at her funeral and so he left and the kids felt safe because he was in Florida like gone like everything was fine um it got word to Jesse that he was potentially moving back to Indiana oh wow and she of course panicked sure and so my we're from a very small town like one stoplight very small 1500 population and everybody's related from what yeah. you said to yeah. me yeah. to you <laughs> to you it's <laughs> to true me. it's amazing everybody <laughs> loves you there and everybody's related everyone yes so um she courtney found out that he had i think he had like a dui charge or something mm. she wanted to get him arrested so she went to the local police officer and they were like why would anyone want their dad to get arrested like you're telling on your dad before he even right. gets here she's right. like mm-hmm. warning and and really we sh- i'm so thankful to them because that they started probing the questions of that's, like that why? does not happen no no that's amazing nobody goes and turns your dad in well also no officer thinks through it no. enough because no. they don't have time like that's Mm-mm. that's someone <laughs> really really yeah god bless that person yeah. that's amazing yeah and i think it was just such a red flag of this girl there's something else something happening right here yeah. yeah yeah right um and so then it was he did some investigation and probed the girls more and found out that um the indiana state um uh status what is it statute of limitations right. had just changed to 10 years so the two girls um fell within that still i didn't wow um so courtney called me and said i don't know what happened to you but i know something did there'll be an investigator investigator calling you tomorrow morning at nine and that was the first adult i had ever i mean i hadn't even told them yet and so i'm I'm in Nashville alone, completely by myself, and that in itself is an ordeal of how I got yes, there. Yes, Ex-alcoholic, I somehow ended up in Nashville. Right. So, um, meaning like you're dating an ex-alcoholic. That's Let's where, be yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. Sorry, she's not sorry. an ex-alcoholic. Dating, everybody. she's dating, dating, dating. Yes. So, well, at that point, we had broken up, mm-hmm. but um, so I took that call and I was asked very detailed information like questions like I had to give I mean when they investigate I was happy that I was an adult I was I remember thinking like I hope they don't ask kids in that manner yeah. because mm-hmm. man it was like intrusive of, right. um, and I know Jesse struggled with hers because they did bring hers up in court like she didn't she kept asking like I don't what do I call my yeah in the in the interview like you can see her on the tapes asking that and she's like i didn't know what to say you know um so yeah everything happened really really fast and so he did come home and courtney we have a yearly festival it's called james dean days Um, (laughs) (laughs) which i'm also related to james dean but that's a whole other podcast because he lives in in, no because he's from fairmount so we're related um and courtney was walking with her son down the street and saw him wow and she called the police and they went and picked him up that day wow so brave Mm -hmm. so brave to to make that phone call for them to walk into a police station to yeah to do so much because it really is it's like we can't victim blame right and i really wish if we could take that out of society 
you know, for for someone to know how to handle situations is never supposed to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't care how old you are. When it happens to you, mm-hmm. 50 years later, you see your rapist. You're not. Yeah. You're not a 70-year-old woman staring at your rapist. Like, you're you're a kid looking at. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. such an emotional aggression. Like, it's so painful, and everything just changes when that happens in your life. It all comes back up. I mean, what was yes. that phone call like? I mean, had you, obviously, you had thought about it, but is this something, like, you had not spoken about so, in a decade, and then no. all of a sudden you had to... So I was very um, afraid because I hadn't told my family yet. Yeah. None of us had. Um, so, like, my mom didn't even know. Mm. And so that this happened when I was a kid, let alone that now he's already in jail. Like I just like, it's like fast forward. Oh, he's your ex brother-in-law is in jail because of something he did to me when I was nine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew I had to tell because it is a small town and it made the front page of the paper on several days, like his trial, his sentencing Mm. um, stories about us. Like, so I had to tell because I didn't want my, 87 year old granny reading it in the morning paper when she's reading her like getting her coffee in the morning that's true um so it was just like full panic oh sure was it the beginning of like a release like finally i can get this off my chest or at that point Um, was it just panic and stress and anxiety it was panic and anxiety and you don't know like there's such a stigma around sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and i I know I put a lot of it on me, which is a lot of decisions that I made, but it's been surprising. We've had a little mixture of both. Um, primarily, people have been supportive. Um, we've had some people be like, why? Why did you wait so long to tell? And mm-hmm. why now? You waited this long. Why would oh you? Gosh. Like, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But yeah. um, I think that I was so um, in fear of being judged because our town is so small. And um, I think that it's such a dirty issue. Mm -hmm. Like I was like taking on other people's thoughts of like, now people are going to think I'm dirty. Sure. Right. You know, that was, I remember thinking like just feeling so dirty. Right. And it's it's just an exposure. Yeah. Right. And just a side note to everybody that's listening that if you're ever talking to someone who's been victimized for any reason, the question of coming out of your mouth cannot start with why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's so judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to ask somebody, why didn't you tell someone? Uh, to say to a woman being beaten by her husband or verbally abused by her husband, why don't you just leave? Yeah. That we really need to refrain from questions like yeah. that. It, it's, it's so complex. Well, if it was that easy, yeah. She yeah. would just leave. If it right. was that easy, Danielle would have just told. Right. I mean, right. if it was that easy. Sure. Yeah. That's right. And so I and say to people, like, the job that you have that you hate, won't you just leave? Right. Oh, because Sorry. I got to pay me bills. Well, imagine being married. Imagine being you know, a small child being molested by your own uncle, and you're supposed to know what to do. You're going to say, why to me? Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way, yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah. And that was part of my victim's speech to him, because I wanted him to know that I did not tell because I was protecting him. That's, That's right. for sure. That's good. I was That's protecting... Good my grandfather who probably would have got the shotgun and killed him yeah. and i would have visited him in jail right <laughs> yeah right that's who i was protecting right. it was like right, right. Not and, him. and just the sentence of that of being a child and having to decide play out every possible mm-hmm. scenario of something again that shouldn't happen and you think oh if i speak my truth my grandfather yeah. will go to jail my father will be affected like 
going to hurt my family. And yeah. my, yeah. Right. You're, That's so heavy. So you're heavy. asking such a large question from a nine-year-old brain. Now I can speak on it. But when I was sure. nine years old, and he that's another thing like he used the bible like that was part of his manipulation um he read to us out of the book of genesis god created adam and eve and had to procreate the world so adam and eve had to sleep together have kids they had to procreate like just right. that's how the right. world's populated sure. so it's okay because it right. says it in the bible um and i mean that was just part it was just the added to the level of confusion. You're going to throw God in Twisted. there, and now I'm, I'm really going to tell excited. somebody. Like, right. and the fact that you believe in the Lord mm -hmm. after that is beautiful and a miracle. Yes. People walk away. Yeah. People walk away from God because they changed the seating arrangement at church. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you got tortured, tortured, and you still yeah. found truth and in God. It's really, really amazing how God is so powerful in all three of our stories because the three of us all are very involved in our faith and yeah. i think that i mean we all are are very healthy happy versus like none of us are sticking a needle in our arm or right. drinking yeah. you know right. like we, it could have gone the other way completely yeah. especially for all three of us right. to be and, and that got okay. used against you in court did it not did, yeah. Did, mm -hmm. yeah all three of us that was part of the defense is that we all got good grades we all were successful in sports we were all had good friends um but they did have a great therapist um come in and like take care of all that yes, yes. that that yes. is probably that's because like jesse um my dad used to coach her in basketball and my dad would get so annoyed because she would be like the last one there and she'd be like i've got to go she didn't want to go home. right right there you go so yeah. now like it everything in our family right pretty much came yeah. full things circle. made more sense yeah that way. for all of yeah. us yeah yeah so there's there was a moment where you're back in your hometown. You're going to, again, you went trial. through so much. Yeah. You had your own internal trial mm -hmm. as you prepared to go to his court trial. And and there was a moment where you saw him. Yeah. Can you tell everybody and about that? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, before I even say that, he, even when he got arrested, he continued to manipulate. And he would fire his public defender. So court would get moved six months. Uh, and then uh, he yeah. requested um lie detector tests and so they wow. were like okay so you have to take a lie detector test and then you fire alert so he kept it going for on day. for yeah. a long time just to torture y'all just to torture us yep. but so courtney and i walked in um to the court and we were going through the metal detector and she had set it off so i'm behind her and she's she turns back to come back through and i see him mm. walking across he's not shackled because proven till innocent and mm. um they brought him over from the jail and i was like corny do not turn around which what does everyone do she when you around. say yeah, don't turn right. around yeah, she right. turns around and it's just there mm. he was and i hadn't seen him since cindy's funeral so wow what was the time span there oh gosh um i was 21 when she so almost like 18 years oh my god i hadn't seen okay. him okay yeah um yeah and so that was the start of trial it lasted mm. four days we did it four i think yeah. four days trial like lots of people being interviewed um right 
And you again, so brave because statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's not about what he did to you, but it is for you personally. Yeah. This is your, vindic- your you know, This is your way of showing him mm-hmm. who you are because of you of who you are, your family, and your faith. But you're you're doing this for your cousins. Yeah, like it was charges that they pressed against him, mm-hmm. and you went through all that to support them. Yeah, yeah, and I. Um, I was allowed to sit in the courtroom because my charges or my, I didn't have any of the charges. So I was allowed to hear those two. Oh, there's a blessing. Um, And so I know they couldn't hear each other. So that was the first time I heard their stories. And that's when I realized like he's gotten worse, Mm -hmm. like from my story to Courtney and then Jesse's the youngest was very severe. And um, so it was good, I guess, to hear that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, really, really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but I know Jesse liked that we were sitting out there and couldn't, you know, that's the first time she's seen her dad and she's making, um, she's saying these horrible words. Right. Um, one thing, though, that about being able to sit in the room was I was able to hear him testify, which just was gut-wrenching. Uh. I had to leave... I think twice. Um, mm. There was one point I looked over and my dad's knuckles were like white. Mm. He was like almost like faintish because it was just so, just the lies that mm-hmm. he were he was telling and mm-hmm. um, he kept calling my aunt Cindy his beloved and I wow. just wow. little things yeah. like that and I'm just like, dude, yeah, you're really sick, which is weird because when I first saw him, I had, I, it's like, I went back to my like nine year old self and I like almost wanted to hug him and say like, why did you do this? Like, why did you do this? But as soon as I heard him start speaking, right, I, it was so sick that I, I knew like he's a sick individual. Do you think of that moment you realized that you had changed, but he Mm -hmm. hadn't? Like he 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 had gotten progressively yeah. worse. You've gotten progressively yeah. better and more who you're meant mm-hmm. to be. And so, you know, person's like, hey, why did can you help me understand why you did this? And then when you heard him speak, you're like, oh, you can't. You're you the can't. Same. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're you can't go to the problem and get a solution. Even physically, like he always seemed so big. Like he was always mm. like a big man. Right. And when I saw him, it was just weird. It's like he shrunk a foot or something. Wow. It was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So two things that when you read a victim statement. Yeah. And when you tell our listeners what the final outcome was. Yeah. Um, final outcome. He, there was, he was arrested on 69 counts. Wow. None of these were mine. Um, that resulted in 17 felonies. Um, two of those included, um, not molestation. Oh. Sexual assault? What's when you... Um, Rape? With your daughter. Incest. Incest. Oh, incest. Two yeah. of them are incest, yeah. which are obviously yes. severely bad. Yeah. Um, guilty on all 17, mm-hmm. which was cool because they read them one at a time. Wow. And wow. It, so we just heard the charge. Like hearing guilty. that. Guilty. Yes. Guilty. Yeah. Yes. And they read the charge. Guilty. Yes. Read the charge. Guilty. guilty. So it's like 15 yeah. minutes of like... Wow. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. You're Feeling like, a little bit lighter. Did you feel a little yes. bit lighter every wow. time? Yeah. Like they wow, believed that's us. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. This is happening. Right. It's validation. Yeah. Right? Validation. Yeah. And it's it's funny too when I think back, like, I mean, God's involved in everything and sure. like everywhere. Like 
there's this little gym that I went to, um, and one of the jurors was working out in the morning, but I can just see where I was sitting. I could just see the back of the jurors head. So he knew who I was, but I didn't know him. And so every morning that week we worked out like in the same gym. And then the next, the day that after I went, he, um, told me who he was the day of sentencing because the jurors don't have to go he was like I just wanted I had no idea who he was he came up to me and he was like I just want you to know we never doubted any of you wow we never doubted any of you I can feel that yeah yeah Yeah. and that's part of why I wanted to hear because people don't get to have this part Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. right for so many reasons yeah And and it's just amazing that you're so open about it yeah and that's just God moving. Like, that's just God giving you one more. Like, I know you yeah. need to hear this. Yes. And you're, you can't hear this from the in the right. courtroom. You can't hear this in the right. legal setting. So I'm just going to yeah. have you two randomly work out together at the right. same gym same so that right. I can tell you this through this yeah. person. Like, and that the juror. The juror. The juror, yeah. 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 And the juror didn't violate anything no. by walking up to right. you before that. He, he waited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And because when when I saw him or like when I put two and two together, I'm like, he's been here. Yeah, because that'd have been he's a like, mistrial. I, I wasn't allowed. Right. Yeah, the mistrial would have been huge. Yeah, he was wise enough to know. Yeah, yeah. I want to give you this message, Talk about yeah. but I gotta wait. That's yeah. self discipline. You and mm-hmm. I don't have, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you would be like, <laughs> I would like hello, hello. I, I would write it out and just like drop it on the floor. You know, I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so that was really, um, yeah. really cool. But I did, all three of us got to um, do a victim's statement, and he got to do a victim's statement. What? Yes. What? Meaning like he got to stand up after his... Speak after we yeah. spoke. Um, yeah, but it, it was just so beautiful to, especially Jesse, um, the youngest, to see her get up there and you know like she she like deals with severe anxiety and like all of that went away Mm -hmm. that day and she like spoke with a really clear solid voice Mm -hmm. um when she was testifying there were you know the defense lawyer often like changes things up to sure get you a little rattled right um and so it was just really good to for us to say our final thoughts to him you know and that's what it it was for me it was my this is my last chance because it's not like we'll ever go um see him visit him right right sure not gonna write write him any letters although he's keeps putting me on the victims list so i get texts every three months but what what does that mean this is horrible listen to this Kristen. so um Every three months, well, it's seen, there's really not an exact, once it was like five months, three months, four months, um, I get a text and it, it's usually at 1 a.m. in the morning and it says James R. Gibson has been moved cells or James R. Gibson is, will be released and then I open it up and it's like in 2080. Oh my gosh. So tell so, them the sentence, how many years did he get? 105. 105 years, praise God. So he's an older man. He's never going to get out. Praise God. Never. Not to, he could be five years old and he would never get yeah, out. Uh-uh. Right. right. No. But just so y'all think about this, that she's getting a text and it, it says his name. The man who molested her called, is a part of her favorite aunt's death mm-hmm. and two cousins being violated. And you have to open it to see what the rest of it is. And then you hear the release date. He's still messing mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, it is... When I first got them, I mean, Kim knows that yes. I, I, it would trigger me bad. Of course. Yeah. Um, 
and I think the last time I got one, I sent it to you because I'm like, look what I did. All yeah. I have to do is change my my brain thought pattern, right. and instead of like letting that sadness or fear come mm-hmm. over, I look at it and open it and think like, hell yeah, you're gonna be there until right. 2080. Right. You chose That's that, right. and remember right. that he can't actually yes. hurt you. Anymore. Right, yes. there's nothing he yeah. can do. And he, nothing he, he can do. Especially during the trial, when I was hearing him talk, it was he chose. Yeah these behaviors yeah you know and justice won this round yeah it's it's and that's honestly again i just want to emphasize this it's so much why anytime we can have danielle tell her story she she shared it at mosaic church very openly she shared it icu talk stage more than once and now we're in the podcast and i'll tell you why it's because i've spent time in the criminal system well I've been arrested. That's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> as an officer, uh, I've been in a courtroom, and my dad's a lawyer, and the stories that I've seen, been a part of, and the stories my dad shared with me, and one of the main things my dad has shared with me is that the judge, my dad will have a solid case against a molester, and he still gets found innocent. My dad will talk to the judge afterwards, and the judge has said, this is, different judges have said this to my dad, well, he looks like me, mm-hmm. and I would never do that to my granddaughter, so there's Jeez. no way. Most people, most people don't take it to court, right? Because the system, we know the system, and you get victimized, tell your story so much. It's a crazy system. And and then for people who do, that that so much of the time, there's no guilty verdict. Right. And praise God that y'all pressed on and got a guilty verdict. Let me ask you a really hard question. Yeah. So what would you tell people? Because we obviously were like, look at God in Daniel's story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then to hear all these stories, we know that God is still in these stories. Yes. But people don't f- probably feel like God is in their story right. when they don't, if they get, don't this get this get ending. Outcome. Right. right, right. Well, part of the problem is, is just understanding that when when these kind of things happen when you're a child, that God's there, and, and I believe he's crying with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think, I mean, this is free will. I don't think God would ever okay this. Like, sure. things happen in this world that are not of his will. And this is about taking it and making it something else. And so if you don't get justice in the system, it those are the kind of people who become a rape crisis counselor, who do things like what Crystal did and start Brave Step. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the people who, because they didn't get justice in the judicial system, they will create justice in a different way. And there are some who, honestly, they will stay in addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, the correlation of eating disorders and sexual abuse is incredibly, incredibly high. Yeah. So, and I think for the molester, I mean, down, eventually they will. Oh, sure. They will do their time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and that's such a part of, of victory is to not be symptomatic. Yeah. You know, to be open about what you're going through and to do everything you can to to get the PTSD symptoms out of your life and to use anything and everything as um, a, a stepping stool to get a different view, to get a higher view, to not just help yourself, but help other people. Yeah. yeah. And when I think about, like, even just the text messages, like, if mm-hmm. I hadn't um, gotten so involved in church and taken therapy so serious and right. those would still rock me. Yeah. That's right. But, That's right. and even, I mean, now I'm just able, if I feel myself just spiraling the slightest, okay, I'm spiraling. You like, recognize uh, it. I need some help. Just yeah. like what you did with, yeah. you know, the food. Um, whereas before I would let it go right. until like bad things happened, right. bad decisions, like 
major bad decisions right. were made. Right. Yeah. Whereas now, I feel it raise That's my right. hand. You can That's recognize right. it, ask for help, mm-hmm. yeah, and stop Work it before. Work through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'll say this when we'll close up, just to kind of piggyback what you just, just said and asked, that the event is horrible. Molestation, loss of child, events in our lives can be absolutely horrible. As crazy as this sound, it's not the actual event that will keep you in captivity. It's the lies and the beliefs that go along with mm-hmm. it. And so that's what we have to fight against to make sure that our justice comes from truth. Even if the ju- judicial system doesn't find truth in it, that you find your truth and you get the blame off of you. You know, that it's, I mean, again, people go through horrific things in this world. And the people who you see four years later, five years later, and they're, they stay intoxicated or they say stuck in the event, it's because lies came from it and they are still living in that. And there's people like Danielle who fought hard to get away from the lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And both camps are understandable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I know this has been hardcore for y'all, which we definitely try to have fun on, on this podcast, but this is just a necessary conversation. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep talking about this. And again, we got to stop victim blaming. We got to stop saying, what was she wearing? Or why didn't you yes. tell somebody? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And women are worse about that than men. Yes. Yeah. And so if, if us doing this today help one person out there to reconsider how you interact with someone who's been victimized, then it was all worth it. Worth it. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Danielle. Yeah. You're amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Kristen. Me. Thank you all for listening. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>